It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, we're rolling Motown Rundown. Uh, We are back post-round one draft episode. So if you did not listen to our previous episode, a little short week for us. We're playing on like a bye week, like Thursday or like a Thursday night, Sunday night type deal. Thursday night football. Brutal. We don't got to get some time for the the muscles to recover. Yeah, you gotta wor- you gotta worry about is is this good for the players? <laughs> do do we shorten the season? Um, but either way, we're back here on a what is it Monday? It is April twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Um, we will be covering rounds two through seven of the NFL draft. We'll talk some uh, bad boy stuff. As if you're not watching the Last Dance documentary on Michael Jordan, I don't know what you're doing with your time as a sports fan. Um, before we get into all that stuff, how are we doing? Quarantine check-in, how are we feeling? Obviously, the in Michigan, at least, the uh, the stay-at-home has been extended until, I believe, May 14th or 15th. So we're still locked down, but I hope hope the spirits are high. There's more things to do, though. They've reopened a couple stuff, like golf courses. And I think you can go house-to-house now, right? Yeah, I do believe so. That is a thing. I, I was laughing, Rubinowitz, when you were talking about it. It's like, got to shorten the season. I think people just have glossed over the fact that the NFL is going to have 17 games now. <laughs> like, what? Oh, yeah, like, that's right. Like, it's not next year, but it's a year after that. No one talks about that. That's I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. I forgot that was a thing. There's also seven playoff teams per yeah, conference. What? That, that seems like <laughs> a big deal. Those are big changes. Hey, the Lions' <laughs> chances of getting in this year have just increased. Not well, listen, it's not I, this I saw year. Something. Not this whatever, year, whatever year they start doing it. Two the years. Lions would have been the seventh seed, I think, in 2017. And I think I saw one other year in our lifetime that they would have been the seventh seed. So that's great. Yeah. I'm good. I'm glad. I'm all right. I, Trent, yeah, I, I feel like Tr- Trent's living his best life. Like, I, I, Dude. I, I, are you? Are you well, wearing down? I, I feel like you guys are – are you guys not at your throats yet? If I was with my siblings for an extended period of time at this point in my life, we would be at our, each other's throats. Well, we, I mean, of course, we've been a little bit because not only are we siblings, but it's three, it's three guys. So, of course, there's going to be some, like, you know, people throwing their weight around and stuff. But uh, I took a pretty, pretty well-timed uh, break. I went to East Lansing for a couple nights because my books were there. So I had to do my exams. Uh, at my the apartment, books. the books were there. I got, the books. yeah, I had, I had to use my books. I had to use them. Right. I'm going to do it right. Not doing this satisfactory, unsatisfactory BS. I'm going to, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to grind. I'm going to roll. And I finally got that done. So I had a good time hanging with my roommate the last couple nights and now I'm back here. I don't know. It's good. Collins, I was telling Rabinowitz before we started, I've had like nothing to do with my time. Uh, the draft was nice. Right. But it, as yeah. crazy as it sounds, it's almost like I took those three days for granted because now we're back to square one, and I forgot how bad it was already. And, like, last night I went through Motley Crue's entire discography and listened to every song that they've ever released. That's what I have to – like, I have nothing to do with my time. Was that you last night who had an Instagram live at, like, 2.30 in the morning? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you – Collins was on. Collins came on. Nice, Collins. I came I on for, like, two seconds because I was, I was so confused. probably on for, like, ten seconds. I gave you I a like, shout-out, though. Oh, I should have stayed. I, I, I always <laughs> – I, I always do that where 
when you know you get the notification when someone's going yeah. live on Instagram, yeah, so I always press it. It doesn't matter yeah. who it is. It could be like a distant, like oh yeah, dude. casual acquaintance, and then I like get super embarrassed and like <laughs> log in. Dude, oh the worst is like when you when you see that Instagram notification, you just immediately click on it out of instinct. The worst is when it's like some girl that's out of your league that you don't know that well, but you click <laughs> on it, and then you're just like you're like one of three people. You're in one there. of the first people to get yeah, in there you gotta, too. You bail out immediately. That's a tough feeling. Yeah. That's what. Well, how, how's East Lansing? Both. I first of all. I just thought about this and I just got really scared thinking about this. I for, I don't know if I rented books for for like oh, this yeah. school year. I might oh. need to go back up to East Lansing for that. I just no, I did late. too. I, I got to look at it. We were supposed to, I believe we were supposed to return them on May 1st because that's like when the ban was lifted, but then they extended it to May 15th. So I don't really know what bookstores are doing now. I'm going to have to look into that. Come on up, Collins. We can get a quick 18 in. Yeah, seriously. I'll play. But the I'm best – I. The best thing about uh, the textbook take back is I don't ever, I don't ever rent my books. I buy them. But then my favorite day of the year is that one day at the end of the semester where you take back all your books and just sell them back. And it feels like you're getting free money, even though you've literally lost like 80% of your, your money that you put into them in the first place. Dude, That's the best I'll day of the year. Never buy, I'll never buy books again after my first year. You don't get any money back for it. it I, I haven't it makes, done it. It makes no sense. Renting is the smartest way because you, I, and this is the thing, I don't buy books until I need them. Like, in, in during yeah. the year. Like, I unless it's like a big textbook. Like, I'll never do that. I'll never Collins, do that. Collins, I'll be the first to tell you, I've made it, I've made it through a couple classes without buying the book at all. And sure, yeah. like, that, that hurts some assignments and everything, but, like, the end, the end game is fine. You know, you get a decent grade, you get a good enough grade on what you needed to do. But the, the, the I have never bought a book. I've, I rent them. I don't buy them. <laughs> maybe, I'll have, maybe I'll have to try it. I imagine that's kind of like getting your tax returns back when you sell it's them back. Exactly. You get a little money that you didn't yeah, like, where's, this free, where's, this free, where's this free money coming from? Oh, just kidding. No, a lot of it was all it was taken away from you. Here's the crumbs. But East Lansing's fine. I've, I've been holding it down up here. Um, I finished I, – I turned in my last assignment today of college, which was uh, – that was a tough so you're hour done, you're yeah, done, done. I am. I am officially done with with schoolwork. Uh, my graduation, and I put air quotes around graduation, uh, is this upcoming Saturday. Doesn't help to look at the weather forecast. It's going to be like seventy and sunny. You know, like that's like oh, would have yeah. been probably the best day of my life. What could have been? I yeah. digress. But we do. It have, wouldn't uh, have been the best day of your life. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Graduation. It, it would have been a. It would have been a. It would have been hot in the Breslin Center or cold. Because I've been to two of those things, and one of the times I was sweating my bag off, and the other time I was shivering because they don't want people like to faint. They don't want the old people to faint and like crowd, so they keep it cold. But nice. like graduations, it's gratifying for the person in it. But like if you go to a graduation, it's a bottom five experience. Bottom five. <laughs> yeah, they're you're tough like, to sit through. They're brutal. Brutal. They're no fun at all. Dude, that's a that's a pretty good point because people forget like the graduation thing is all about the graduates. There's nothing else organic, inorganic involved for anyone else, like for the audience. You're just there to support people, and there's thousands of people. Oh and you're my there for god, it's so bad. It, yeah. it, it especially like college because it's like turned up to eleven. Like high school, like at my high school, we did it in our like gym, and it was like super packed and stuff, but it wasn't like that bad. So it was like not that big of a deal. But like college has turned up to love. It's literally just for the parents and the students. And half the time, the students only want to be there. Graduation, yeah. like, like I, I, 
I will personally enjoy if we have a graduation, like for my senior class, because having big crowds is in question for even us, if you like look down the line. But like, I, it, it, you are not actually mad about it. I, dude, I would, I would like to enjoy my graduation day. Is that such a crime? I hear, not, I hear what no, you're not saying. At all. You work for four years and all you want to yeah, do is Yeah, dude, not, can I have you. my day? That's not it. You want to <laughs> give him his the day. Thing that's, no, the thing that's unfair is that you didn't get your last like three weeks. Uh, that's the how thing about that's, my last three months, bro? No, I didn't get my no, last three months. No, but give it, or take. It, I don't think until like the last month or so, or maybe like the last like six weeks, you're up there. You realize you're like, okay, guys, it's time to lock in. Like this is our last go around. Let's do some things like we haven't done. And you like remnant that's bullshit that you guys didn't get to do that. That sucks. No kidding. Well, but, once, but once, don't yeah. I, I don't want to hear the graduation thing. Because yeah, I, I don't think you're I think when you're talking about graduation, you're just talking about like that final week of school, like all culminating together. I mean, is, yeah, sure. I liked it the whatever. I wanted to experience the ceremony. I was probably gonna cry afterwards, but whatever. No, I it's do something I, for you guys. I hope so. I but no, I agree with you. It's like once we came back from spring break, and I think it all it really all hit the fan when we came back from spring break. Um, but yeah, yeah we're that, looking forward to having definitely. the last couple of months of just again March Madness, the whole shebang. Don't need to get into it, but I'm glad everyone's good. Um, other than that, we might as well jump right in to the sports stuff, unless we have any other airing of grievances to do. No, not really. Are we? Are Hi, Mrs. Bally. Hi, Mrs. Bally. I muted my mic because I thought maybe this wouldn't actually happen, but she's here. What's well, a support system? Our number one <laughs> I fan. I love it. Potentially our only fan. <laughs> she can't hear you guys. Mrs. Bally, she can't hear us? No. Oh, okay. Ask they, her, said, ask, they said you're our only fan. Or you're our biggest, her, biggest or only. What did ask you her what she know. thought about the Lions draft. The what do you one, think of the Lions draft? One and only. Okay, I like that. Okay, that's that's how I feel. That's, that's okay how I feel. That's how I feel. A mashup, I think we should do. She has like a song that she wants to do for the Lions draft. Like oh, the really? people we drafted. Well, yeah, get it's on great, it. Look, it's great material. It's good content for us. We need it. Okay. Are you good? Right, thanks for saying hi. <laughs> right. Come on. Don't do your mouth. Bye, Mrs. Like that. That's the hey, that's the beauty of Zoom. We get to have guest appearances out of nowhere. The goat. No, listen, she's been she has Number this one idea. Fan. She's Number had this idea fan. since I came on this podcast like last year that she's gonna have a segment on here someday where she just talks for like five, ten minutes. I would love so that. maybe I maybe would... at some point we can work that out. We need maybe sponsorship not... dollars. I I would love good. that. I would love that. If I I <laughs> Like, get a mom take in a mix. Like, I don't even know what mom takes are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I mean, one of them is that she's okay my, with the Lions draft. That's that, good. Hey, that's how I feel. That's how, Listen to this. My parents have had season tickets for Mission State football for probably – they've had them since 2010, and they had them previously, like, in the early 2000s and, like, 1990s. Like, they had them then. My mom goes to me and goes, what was Lewerke doing last year uh, – before the Patriots signed him, I'm like, Mom, he started on Michigan State the last three years. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're, she's like, you're, I was like, Mom, you're at the games. And I'm not going to say my mom's like an idiot or like gullible or anything like that. I think that just proves the fact that when you're in an environment with my father and my uncle and my brother and my brother in law and sister, 
you, you just can't block out anything because they're just screaming, just screaming yeah. the whole game. Like, and I was like, Mom, that's not a good look. Not a, not Dude, a good look. That, that's hilarious. I was like, Mom, you might have been drinking too much at those tailgates. <laughs> if we're doing any kind of segment, we should have Collins. We should have your dad on and just have like a Kelly's Corner segment where he just like talks Ooh. about things to piss him off. No, first of all, my dad would come on and do this. He'd be like, "How we doing, boys?" And then laugh at it, make a joke, make a joke, laugh at it, like laugh at his own joke. And that my dad, I love my dad. He's the best. Turned sixty-one on Saturday. Yeah, that's right, Kelly Collins. Yeah. And then what? I, he's the best. But he just has like the oldest man sports tapes and I stuff. It's it, it's unbelievable. He's like. I hate when guys have tattoos. I'm like, okay, dude. It's like the get out of the <laughs> 1970s, bro. My dad turned 57, I think, on Sunday. But yeah, my dad. One of one of the worst one of the worst takes my dad's ever had, like in polo. Because I remember we were at U.S. Cellular. Me, my dad, my uncle, my little brother. What a brutal watching, field. Oh, horrible, dude. I hate that ballpark. It's like you feel like you're trapped. It's tough. Not a great area either. Not a great area. Southside's tough. But we were at the game, and uh, well, obviously Tigers and White Sox. And Avisail Garcia comes up to bat for the Chicago. And I don't know why my dad's so bitter that he's, like, not a Tiger anymore. But he's got these sweet white Adidas cleats with, like, the gold plates on the bottom. Oh, and my dad, like, stands up, and he's like, that's, he's like, it's classless. That's class ridiculous. I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? Like, first of all, there are, like, a 1,000 people at the White Sox game. But I'm like, what's what's wrong with these? Like, it's he's like, it's just so arrogant to have gold-plated cleats. I'm like, dude, take it easy. For my dad's that's, birthday, that's hilarious. For uh, it's actually funny you brought this up. For my dad's birthday, my mom like digitalized all of our old like home videos. And there's one Christmas where my aunt gets my brother like the Tracy McGrady twos, which were like a big deal like back in the day, and they're a little bit flashy. My, my my dad's got the camera on his hand, and he opens it. He's like, ah, you can't wear those. He said, why, Dad? Why? He said, you're not a player. You got to be a player to wear those type of shoes. And I just – I was just crying laughing. That, oh, my God. It, it, stuff like that makes me laugh. And speaking of obviously, uh, old Garcia, he, people forget he banged Prince Fielder's wife. Supposedly. That was the rumor. Do you not no, remember that I, rumor? I do remember no, that. No, and then they, no, and then they got in the big locker room blowout, and that's where JV like hurt his core muscle. This was like this probably never happened, but this was big time. Like in the streets, there was whispers going on. They didn't like each other. I don't know if it was because of that, but there was a rumor of that. I do I remember that. that. I do remember that. I also remember when everyone started calling Avi Garcia "Baby Miggy," and I was kind of not really with it. Well, he, all his hits were, like, line drives to the opposite field, and he kind of looked like him. So, they're like, oh, yeah. baby Miggy. Awful. Yeah, fair. Awful. Fair. Awful defensive right fielder. Awful. Which People, is hard to do. That is hard to do. It's hard to be a bad defensive right fielder. I mean, right field's, like, not the easiest position, but people would be like, oh, he's got a good arm. He'll mow you down. But he was – he had some – he was brutal out in right field. Good player, though. I Give heard me trade, Young. Who did they trade him for? Oh, uh, let me look that up right now. Keep talking. No idea. Well, okay. Uh, other than that, moving on to the Lions draft, I, I'll say this. I didn't – day three, I was checked out. Day, like, two, I was more locked in than I was day one. Dude, I, I – again, well, first of all, I will preface for the, for the fans out there that did not hear about our round one show. We did a whole show dedicated to the Lions taking Jeff Okuda, so we won't be touching on that here. But, yeah, I – day two, I was excited for. I, I needed it. Rounds two and three, 
by the time day three came, and I will say, hand up, I watched literally the entire thing, some of the last 10 picks maybe. I could not believe how slow they were going because they started off the first 10 picks. They were talking about every single guy again. I'm like, can we just start? Well, I texted you guys. I'm like, can we just start rolling picks out, please? I can't sit here for six hours a day. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you gave, Rabinowitz gave like an old man Rab's take. And, and I, I, if, Dude, if you I'm don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to read it here on the, on the pod because it was, it was pretty, it. it was pretty goofy. You said, You'd think come round four we can just kind of start to roll the picks out so I can get on with my day and not have to sit here for six hours as they analyze Denver's What else did you have to do? Oh, There's not well, even other sports. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. What, what, did you have to be somewhere? Why were you so School work, bro. School comes first. I'm an academic weapon. School comes oh, first. Oh, my gosh. Do, uh, Aaron, talk get a book to read. I felt like the Minnesota Vikings had 15 draft picks in, like, the seventh round. Yeah, they had, like, three or four, and they had a bunch right next to each other, too. I was like, what's going on here? Do they have, like, 18 draft picks in day three? I didn't know what was going on. Can can we talk about how bad the Packers did for a second? Can we do that for one second? I don't know if you remember what they did. No, here's what they did. I'll tell you what they did. This is going to be very one-sided, Tate. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I got it. I got it. The Packers, here's the deal. They, They probably have maybe the best, definitely top three, quarterback, running back duo in the league, right? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah. Aaron you know Jones. what they did in the I first two Jones. rounds? Oh. oh, I can't stand them. Fantasy, you know what they did in the first Kansas two City. rounds? That was brutal. Sorry. First two rounds, Packers go quarterback, running back. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. How and are you bettering your team by doing that? It'd be like if the Lions went They took a kid out of B.C. too, round. right? Well, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I forget his name. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Was that who it was? Yeah, who's a bigger back who got a ton of carries. It doesn't really make any sense because you're right. Jamal Williams and uh, Aaron Jones yeah. are really good in the yeah, back. Yeah, Jamal Williams, them. number 30. He's solid. But yeah. my, only, my only take on it is this. Like, everyone immediately, of course, falls in love with the whole Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers thing, right? And they're like, Jordan Love's going to sit behind Rodgers for a couple years and get better. Those situations are completely different. People forget that Aaron Rodgers was like, Maybe going to go first overall. He fell all the way to the 20s, which is where the Packers were. They just took him because he fell into their lap. The, the Packers this year traded up to get Jordan Love. So it's a, it's a total difference between, like, getting lucky and a guy falling to you and wanting a guy and making a point to go get him. I don't know. So the, the, I, I just, I, I, I'm not sure what they did. I'm not sure what the Packers did. I, 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 I didn't re- – the first I, – I didn't really, like, deep dive in their draft talking about the Packers. It was bizarre. I think – Talking about the most bizarre, because we kind of talked about surprises in our last podcast, is just league-wide before we kind of got into what the Lions did, because the Lions were pretty uniformic and just, like, right on schedule. It was surprising Jalen Hurts I drafted to the Eagles. I didn't really expect to see that happen, especially with Wentz there. I didn't expect to see the Packers take a running back. The one thing we were talking about Jordan Love on the last podcast, I don't know why they traded up. Like, who was going to take a quarterback there? I, who That's they, the I biggest I, thing for me, too. Like, they traded up unnecessarily. Yeah, they didn't really like, make any sense. That's the position you least need, at least right now. Obviously, not even that. I, you need one at some point. I don't think anyone would have picked Jordan Love. I, think I, don't, made, I don't think so either. I, I don't know if the Patriots are in front of them, and maybe they're trying to hop in front of that. But the Patriots traded out of the first round. So, what, are we, what am I even saying? Yeah, they got know. their quarterback. They got Lewerke. The Patriots yeah, also went back-to-back tight end, too. That was wild. Do you Dude, see the Bears Brian, have Brian, 10 tight ends on their roster? They caught one yeah. today. 
Oh, Dude, okay, got nine. Great. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm saying <laughs> the stars are aligning. NFC can North. We, can we have a discussion how there could be a quarterback room with Brian Hoyer and Brian Lewerke in the same quarterback room in a professional football organization? Pretty wild. Isn't that, was, wait, isn't that D'Antonio's like first quarterback and last quarterback? Did I read that properly? Yes. I love that. I, I, I kind of do too, but at the, like, I mean, Hoyer's not going to beat out Stidham or anything. I think Stidham's on starter. People yeah, forget, start. yeah, dude, that's the thing. When they keep everyone in the draft was like, when are the Patriots going to go quarterback? And everyone just assumed it was from because he's like cookie cutter white quarterback guy. I'm like, dude, they have Stidham. They drafted him for a reason. And I saw today that Cam Newton now is whatever, however the betting odds work on what teams are signing players. I don't know how that works, but Cam Newton's the favorite to get signed by the Patriots. Yeah, I, I don't know what that. Nor do I care. I don't care what they do at all. But I, no, Lewerke is now the guy. Lewerke is the guy to take the reins over the next Tom Brady. It was just I, – I was laughing just like out loud, just like, well, maybe it was probably a good thing he didn't get drafted because he's got a pretty good situation to possibly be like a team's third quarterback, an emergency quarterback, and make like 500000 just being yeah. like the guy who wears a T-shirt and shorts on the sidelines. It sounds like a pretty good gig to me. I'm also so I, mad at Cody White. Why? Who can't, dude, dude th- should have left. Okay, it, it, this isn't a Michigan State football podcast, but uh, this, <laughs> is a D, this is a Detroit sports podcast, but a little inside baseball. I think Michigan State football is their most stat position is probably wide receiver. So I, I'm fine with leaving Cody White. And he was – honestly, Cody White wasn't that great after he got hurt his sophomore year. Even he was, a, he was fantastic, his freshman, and when he was healthy as a sophomore. And he was good even yeah. as a junior, but their offense is sucked. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, well, back into the Lions. Um, obviously, we're not going to go pick by pick here, but uh, general overview. I guess the, the, the one pick that we probably could spend some time on is uh, the Lions at number 35. I believe in the second round, take DeAndre Swift running back out of Georgia. Uh, I think a, a pick, when we talked about this, when we were talking about uh, recapping the Jeff Okuda pick, uh, we were kind of all on the same boat. as We didn't really think that the Lions needed to go running back in the second round. But DeAndre Swift falls to you. I guess you got to take him, right? Uh, I wanted to ask you this because I had a couple of buddies text me that why didn't they take Jonathan Taylor there? And I, I, I wasn't in a camp where I, I was crazy with them taking a running back because I, I, I don't know. Swift, the Georgia offense last year was really weird, so it's really hard to judge any of those players on the offensive side of the ball because I think they had a bad scheme. And they didn't really highlight the athletes they had just in general, like regardless of the draft bits they had this year, like they didn't like showcase anything. So I, I, I can't like make a judgment on what I think Swift will be year one, but I remember him in the SEC championship against Auburn going 75 yards. And I'm like, this kid is an absolute athletic freak. And, and, and when I see Jonathan Taylor, I see a really good North and South guy. And I think he has a really good fit with Indianapolis because they got a really good offensive line and the style of running that he is very good at will be perfect in that scheme. Just like run behind Quinn Nelson and like get a thousand yards. But I, I didn't hate the Swift uh, draft pick. I, to be honest, I wanted, I would rather them taking a wide receiver. And I know that's like not even a need. I think a run, running back is a little bit of a need. It really is because Car- you can't count on carry on to be healthy. I will say, I will say on that front, I, I think running back is worth the need because yeah, carry on Johnson, the fact of the matter is muted yourself, Trent. Am I muted? 
What? How yeah. did that happen? I don't even. Know I don't know. That, that was unbelievable. Where did I cut off? You're fine. You're you're talking about how running back is a little bit more of a need. Yeah. So Carrion has been in the league for two years. He's had both cut short by leg injuries, right? It's not just mm-hmm. like he's pulling a muscle here. Like it's his it's his knees, it's his ankles. I don't even know what it is, but it's I still it's, stand it's by concerning. Year one, they he could have played the last four weeks. They just held him out. I stand by that. And, that, and that's probably fair. The Lions were in a pretty bad situation at that point. So, yeah, yeah they just held him out as they should have. It's kind of like when they shut down Marvin Jones this year, this past mm-hmm. season. But, look, De- DeAndre Swift is – and actually one quick thing about Jonathan Taylor is he is going to fit really well with the Colts because you see what they did with a guy like Marlon Mack. He's like not even really a bell cow kind of running back. Dude, but he cooked that, this year. Yeah, the system is just going to work. And Jonathan Taylor, like you said, he's a north and south guy. But DeAndre Swift coming to Detroit, he had 1,000 rushing yards in the last two seasons, like each of them. Uh, he's also a really good pass catcher. He's a perfect check down guy, so I got to imagine Stafford will like him. I think they'll use him a lot on goal line situations and stuff like that. I, I just think you – and also something to keep an eye on is you probably have the youngest running back room in the whole NFL right now between, you know, carry on – DeAndre Swift, Bo Scarborough, Ty Johnson, and uh, Huntley, who we'll get to later, Jason Huntley. But they're not going to keep all those guys, right? So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens, like, on that front. I, that, I mean, obviously yeah. Swift will make the team, but it'll just be interesting to see. You know, we all loved Bo Scarborough last year. Will they bring him back? Uh, is Ty Johnson going to get cut short after he never really got a fair chance to, to, uh, to run the ball last year? I don't know. Things to think about going into camp in August. Yeah. I think you touched on this, Rebs. You just thought it was, like, the best pick available, which I get because it, he – in most drafts, he's going in the first round. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe that for whatever reason – and I, I know we kind of – we might have touched on this when we talked after the Okuda pick. I, I feel like Jonathan Taylor there is – he's an every down back. He's going to be able to eat carries for Indianapolis. You don't necessarily need that if you're the Lions because carry-on can do that for you. I think if I'm Bob Quinn in my head from what I perceived it to be, the fact that Swift was there, you had to take him. I think if if he was gone and it was between Taylor and between Dobbins, you probably would have passed and gone elsewhere. But I, I at least I, I think this is a pretty aggressive play. We we knew that they yes. were gonna address they were gonna address the running back. I'm not gonna call it an issue, but they were probably gonna go running back at some point in this draft. What DeAndre Swift does for you is opens up some different options for Matthew Stafford. And, you, and obviously you take Quintez Cephas in the fourth round or whatever round they took him in, fourth or fifth, um, which I think we all call, by the way, that that was fifth a, a round, potential yeah. target, fifth round. Uh, but, you know, I, I think bringing Swift into your offense doesn't hurt you by any means. I, you know, at that pick at 35, because I know they addressed their defensive line need as far as interior D linemen really late in the sixth round. Uh, but I, I just think that this goes to show you that they kind of went – I would say the Lions went off script a bit. They probably didn't expect Swift to be there. I don't know why this pick on whatever CBS draft tracker I'm looking at, the, the draft grades that some of these people give players and teams are just asinine to me, but they gave Swift a C-plus here on the CBS thing. I don't understand that at all. He's going he's gonna to be able to make a difference in the offense. And, and as you said, if anything, for a longevity thing for carry-on, if he can't make it through another year, well, here's your second guy. I the thing I looked at the second round pick and just going, hey, we're gonna like buy into this offense and we need someone, we need like a thousand yard rusher or something in that sort of shape. If you could get carry on at Swift, 
to have a good rotation and you just mix in Starborough every once in a while. You need some sort of run game. Like, I, I didn't think their run game was as bad as it was on paper, like the first six weeks of the year when Carrion was healthy. Like, I, they just didn't break any big runs. I thought they were able to sustain the run. But I, I, you just having another weapon in the pass game, too. I think, Trent, you said this. He's a way better pass catcher than Jonathan Taylor. He, he's played in a pro-style system, so he's a pretty good pass pro guy. So it, you're not going to be in a situation on third down where Carrion is not necessarily the best pass pro guy in the world, where you can put DeAndre Swift out there who can do a little best, like, both worlds. And you, I mean, this is a crazy comparison. I don't know why I'm even bringing it up. It's kind of nice to have a guy like that who is a dual option guy on third down. When you look at a couple of years ago when the Lions would put Theo Riddick out there, where you basically knew he was going a little like slant and go in, or you had Zach Zenner in there when you basically said, hey, we're doing pass protection. So it's yeah. nice to have a guy who can and do a little bit of both. And like you said, Rebs, I, I, I did, this was an aggressive pick. It, it was an aggressive pick. I think this yeah. was the most aggressive pick they made of the whole draft. And you can't knock him on it, but I, you, you had to expect it, though, because Quinn and Patricia's like, jobs are on the line yep. this year, especially coaching, Patricia's. They're, they're coaching and slash drafting and making moves for their lives, and that's the, that's the fact of the matter. Lions have to – I don't know. This is a different question. I was going to ask you guys, what do you think the, like, the floor is for them to keep their jobs. You think they have to make the playoffs bar none? I think uh, – I say they go – if they go 8-8, eight and eight, I think Quinn keeps his job and he would have to fire Patricia. I think Patricia has to make the playoffs. Okay. But I would love on, that. I just feel like they're attached based, to the hit, yeah. unfortunately. But I, I, I would I, love if the Lions got rid of Patricia and kept Quinn around. Because I think Quinn's done a pretty good job. The thing about Quinn is that he's, he's hit in the third and fourth round a lot. But his first-round pits – right now on the surface are not really the best, right. but like other than that, like you're like, he's hit, he's like made productive players in the third, fourth, fifth round that we haven't seen in Detroit in a very long time. And they go eight and eight and you see a couple of young pieces. You say Aquara, you see Cephas, you see a guy like DeAndre Swift be like, wow, he's a difference maker. Like right off the bat, you're like, why, how did this guy fall the second round? And they still go eight and eight. I could see Quinn keeping his job at Patricia Stain. This is, this is the year where your question is going to be answered as far as are these guys attached at the hip? Because I agree, 8-8 eight and eight to me is the number where, given the way the Lions organization operates, and by no means am I in favor of just the churn and burn, like if you're not winning 11 games a year, you're getting tossed out of here. Because, again, we remember Jim Caldwell, what got him fired was making the playoffs. So I, I think at 8-8, eight and eight, I would actually say that they both keep their job. I actually think that that, to me, is the floor where if you could get to 500, I think in the mind of Martha Ford and Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they're like, okay, this is excusable to pass off as having us both stick around here for like another year. But I, that question as far as are they attached at the hip, if Bob Quinn's getting pressure at 8-8 eight and eight to make a change and he lets Patricia go, then you're going to see, okay, well, let's, you know, I, we'll figure well, it out from there, but. Well, I think if they go eight and eight with Stafford healthy, Stafford plays sixteen games and they go eight and eight, I think it's a different story. Say Good Stafford point. Stafford Completely doesn't agree. play if Stafford doesn't play sixteen games and then they go eight and eight, you're like, okay. Well, I mean <laughs> Yeah. They gotta they gotta figure out the quarterback now because Stafford can't stay healthy. They're like that yep. that'll be like a different situation. 
So I, I, and that's maybe a situation they want to move on from everyone and just completely rebuild if they want to bring a new quarterback in. So I don't know. I, I think we're going a little bit too much in the future there. But other than that, I mean, I, I like the second round pick. I, I, I didn't like love it off the bat, honestly. But when I think about it most, I was like, it's good value. It's re- it, it is, it, it's good value for where they got them. And I understand running backs' roles in the NFL have been diminished. But, like, taking a guy out of a program like Georgia and you've seen, like, some of the success he's had, uh, why not take it? Like, it's not really a flyer because I do think he'll be able to, like, be somewhat productive. But, like, why not be like, hey, let's get a little aggressive on a guy in past drafts who would have been a first-rounder? I truly think he would have been a first-rounder in most drafts. I think this draft is pretty deep. Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to the third round now, finishing up day two, and then after that we can kind of wrap the uh, third day all into one. I uh, take Julian Aquara. I guess it was call it destiny if you want. I'll join his brother. Uh, what's his first Prince name? Boy. Aquara. Romeo. Romeo. That's right. Romeo. He Romeo, was pretty Romeo. good last year too. Last two years. Uh, six foot four, two fifty two out of Notre Dame. I think this, from what I was reading on Julian Aquara, and again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know the details of every single guy that was taken in this draft. Um, but I believe he was projected to be as high as a first round pick before he got injured this past season, which I guess is, is great news. This ranked out as an A minus for, for the Lions. Uh, tr- a tremendous pass rusher, a powerful pass rusher from what it sounds like. Uh, I, I'm not, see, now we're starting to get into where this is kind of where. I was really looking for the Lions to address D-tackle and interior D-line more than anything. They, they end up doing it, obviously, in round six. Uh, but still, to add pass rushers, that's the big thing. I don't care where you play. Get people on the quarterback. Julian Aquara can do it. I'm very curious to see how they rotate guys on the DN because obviously you know Trey Flowers, especially given the money he's making, not that he doesn't deserve the spot regardless of the money. He'll start on one end. Now between Julian, Romeo, you have uh, – what his name is escaping me? Deshaun Hand as well, Austin Bryant. You have so many names now that you're, that you're looking at at DN. I'm not sure who's going to start in that spot. But at least you're creating depth and guys that have the makeup and the athletic ability to get to the quarterback. I lo- I lo- this was – hey, t- to me, after it was all said and done, and I know I was really harping on getting someone on the interior D-line – these guys know more than I do. So I to get someone that can factually get to the quarterback for me, I love it. Love the pick in the third round. Uh, I, I didn't really have an opinion because, honestly, I didn't follow Notre Dame football a whole lot this year. And when I saw I saw basically everyone have positive reactions. I'm not going to knock it because I do think – I mean, rushing the passer was obviously the Lions' biggest issue last year. And like you said, Rabs, I, I – but as we get in more to the deeper part of the draft, I thought they would address the interior defensive line a little bit more with the departing pieces that have left the Lions this year. And the fact where I don't think their defensive interior defensive line was very good last year. And I think you're relying on Deshaun Hand to be healthy a little bit too much with some of the picks. But from a player standpoint, I, I thought it was a really good pick. And he, you can tell that he's just really athletic. And if he even needs to drop back and cover a little bit, which you see with a lot of outside linebackers for the Patriots, he could not just be a pass rusher. He could help you out in coverage. So getting a guy who's athletic like that, you just the only concern is health. And I hope, if that works out, then it's a good draft pick. Yeah, you know what? You guys pretty much nailed it all as far as like defensive tackle and defensive line depth goes. I was really looking at a pick there. Uh, in the third round, I wanted to add a defensive lineman before the night was over. 
because uh, like you said, Collins, you got to rely on Deshaun Hand's health. Austin Bryant's another guy. I, don't, I think he only played four games last year, and he was your fourth-round pick. So obviously there's a lot of question marks there, but I, I say all that to say this. This was my – Okwara was my favorite pick of this whole draft, not, not necessarily in terms of me thinking he's going to be the best or most impact, but just because – I'm just I'm excited to see what he does because I, I I told you guys I don't know if you remember but that was the one guy who I had yeah I, I actually like I, that, that's the first time in my life seriously that I can remember besides the no-brainers like Stafford Sue and Calvin that I I went into a round saying I want this guy and the Lions actually picked him it blew my mind I was crazy I thought it was way too good to be true but he, I I don't just like it because of the brother factor either like I I it's just he did fall I kind of like it. I, I, like I love it. the brother factor too, because it's like uh, talking to you guys. Like we all have brothers. It's a, just, it's such a that gives you a little a, bit of an edge. It's not even that. It's like it's such a meatball like fan theory to think like, oh, his brother's there, he's gonna be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. it's a, that, it, that's gonna make him get after the quarterback a little bit. Like I buy into that. I buy yeah. into dumb stuff like that. No, it's it's fun. It's fun to do like the psychological stuff. I I also saw Romeo posted something. And he said something along the lines of, you got to chip in a little bit for rent. And it was just, I, I love that. That's great. That's cool. But the, the bottom line is, Rabinowitz, you touched on this. He was probably going to be a first-round pick until he got hurt. So you add, and now you're starting to see it's getting a little clearer why the Lions went in the direction away from guys like Devon Kennard, right? And why, you know, we're going to see a decision on Jared Davis here pretty soon, I think. I don't even know if he'll be back on the team this year. Who knows? They uh, haven't made a decision on his fifth-year option. Bottom line is, like, as far as Okwara goes, his junior season was the best. Uh, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss and eight sacks. That was the season before last season when he got injured. Uh, he lives in the opposing backfield. He's a fast rusher, which I think is needed because that's going to complement nicely with the slow mechanics of Trey Flowers and guys like that. But he can do it all. And, and now you've got a guy who's a playmaker. And, Collins, you talked about it. He can drop back and pass coverage. It's pretty athletic. So I'm just really, ex- I'm really excited to see what he does. That that was your favorite draft pick. This Nets guy is my favorite draft pick. Whole draft. Yep. Yep. So we'll go uh, third round. The second pick in the third round for the Lions was Jonah Jackson, offensive lineman out of Ohio State. I guess Rutgers we can wrap transfer. that into the. Uh, oh, was he really? Yeah. Shout That's out right. To I do Stadaway. remember that. Uh, we can wrap that into the uh, fourth round pick for the Lions too. Was Logan Stenberg, uh, offensive lineman from Kentucky. This was a need that we all talked about, and I think we agreed that interior offensive line was more pressing than uh, on the tackles, but you get two guys. I think Jonah Jackson, from what it sounds like, might be able to start this year. Uh, and the, I love all the stuff I read about Logan Stenberg as far as the, apparently the kid had a ton of penalties because he just loves mauling people and whatever his comments were about, like he like loves hurting people. And what I, I, I loved it, but this was a, obviously a need. And that Jonah Jackson pick got an A, by the way, I missed whatever this BS, Chris Trapasso, whoever's doing the way whoever this schmuck is that's doing all these grades. So I appreciate it. That's got to be the worst job ever because you have so, you have these tapes and they look so poor and (laughs) like uh, they could look so bad in like a month. You're like, there's like definitely like one guy is like, Oh, this Marshawn Lattimore guy is not going to stick in this league. You can't cover anyone. It's like week one. (laughs) He has like, he has two pick sixes. You're like, Oh boy. That just shows you how much BS of a job that is because, like, they're doing this for all these guys. So they're going to hit on some of them, and then they're just going to completely fall on their face with half of them. I I mean, it's sports. You have tapes. You should have tapes. I think people, like, 
I hate when people are like, why do you even argue about that? Because it's sports. I like to argue about stupid stuff like yeah. that, like drafts. But drafts are honestly a crapshoot. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to drafts. There never has been. Like, there's been people who have, are better at it, but people who are better at it still have terrible picks. So, I don't know. Hello? <laughs> Why? <Well>, who's that's <laughs> the, uh, Trent, Trent? Do you have any uh, opinion as far it, yes. as these these two guard picks? I mean, again, we talked about we talked oh. before about how uh, it was a necessary need. I think they probably did it in the right spot too. I'm actually glad they didn't uh, use the first. I mean, I guess if I guess if Aquara wasn't there, they probably would have. But uh, the Lions traded up in the third round to uh, to, to get Jonah Jackson. Quinn was so, fired up too. Yeah, I love it, dude. So, any last opinions on the guards? Quinn's yeah, real, real quick. Jeez. We all – you guys – my hair on top is the longest it's been in, like, years. I, no, I have never – I don't know if you guys know this. I get a haircut every week. And now so that barber – it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous waste of money, along with some other things I waste my money on. But – How much you pay? I mean, it's like I go to cheap places because my haircut's pretty simple. You guys can see my hair. It's just like, you know, it's yeah, a zero no, or whatever. But it's still money, you know. You rack it up. I, I'll gotta, spend like fifteen. Got to line you up. Got to yeah. line you up, Trent. Yeah, it burns a hole in my pocket. But as far as these two linemen go, I love the aggression to go get Jonah Jackson because that sends the message they want this guy. And like you said, Rabs, he might start this year. So I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think protection for Matt Stafford is the most important task for the Detroit Lions this season. That to me is the biggest priority in all of Detroit sports right now. Protect Matt Stafford because that's like that that that's what your chance is to win for the next two or three years. Everyone knows that. And again, we don't have to get into that. Jonah Jackson took a thousand and twenty pass protection snaps in his career and has only allowed one sack slash hit. Sign him up. Love it. Logan Stenberg. It reminds me of Bill Ambeer of football, right? We're going to talk about the bad boys later. Just malls, guys. He doesn't apologize. I love it. Uh, he didn't allow a sack last season at Kentucky, and he's playing in the SEC. So, to me, that's pretty incredible. Um, reminds me of a guy called Frank Ragnow who played at Arkansas also. But here's the deal. Uh, real quick, if I can make a ridiculous comparison here. My, oh uh, you guys, oh uh, Shannon boy. Sharp. Shannon Sharp likes to likes to say oh that the most no. the most important things. Why in the are you world, quoting Shannon? Sharp? You need to stop watching Undisputed, dude. Because it works, it I, dude. Undisputed's getting pretty tough these days. Like, it's getting pretty bad. Getting pretty bad. It's been bad. Well, it's it is what it is. It's entertainment. <laughs> it's guys yelling, but right, specifically right now, all they do is talk about LeBron Jordan, and it's so irritating, dude. Like, there's neither one of them is going to convince the other guy. I don't know, but anyways. Shannon Sharp likes to say that the most important things in the world are heavily guarded. You know, you got the Declaration of Independence. You got the Spartan statue on, on, uh, on campus during Michigan week, right? All these things, they're, they're heavily guarded. And, and the Lions are now exhausting efforts to protect the most important thing in Ford Field, which is Matt Stafford. Finally, and I, I, I just love, I love that the, the Lions are being aggressive, trying to go for the O-line here, signing the big V guy. So we'll see, we'll see how it all works out. Time will tell, as it always does. Rick Wagner wasn't a good move. I remember, you know, I just – I love the line. Rick Wagner move. I love the TJ Lane move, and they both didn't work out. Exactly. TJ Lane's the other guy I was thinking of. At the time, it, it sounds good. It sounds great, right? I loved it. Guys got to produce, so we'll find out. But overall, I do like – I like going back-to-back guards. You got to protect Stafford. Have I want to – is V a guard or is he a right tackle? He's right a tackle. tackle. Right tackle, right? That's your wagon yeah. replacement, yeah. Okay. 
For a minute, I was like, I, I, I knew we needed guard help, but for a minute, I was like, does Big V play guard? No, he'll he'll be your starter at right tackle, and that's why I think the the biggest thing now, honest to God, in my in my opinion, as far as this offensive line, Taylor Decker's going to have to have to have a big year this year because I yeah, think that they are he's going to be on a year. short he's going to be on a very short leash as far as finding his replacement sooner rather than later. As far as, if he can't perform this year. Um, I don't know what he has on his contract either, by the way. But I, I mean, he was good before he got hurt. And then I feel like he lost too much weight. And, and he was just like – he was a head case last year. I, that's what I thought the problem. I, I, so I, it will be interesting to see what Taylor Decker did going into like the later rounds. And the only pick I really abstain to, because like we said, we like Quinn Cephas a lot. I think that's, a re- that's probably my second favorite pick by value because he played in an offense like Wisconsin where he wasn't getting the opportunities that many of these players in college football were. And he yeah. was running in a, a scheme where it's a run heavy scheme and he was still producing. And, and like yep. Jack Cohen's not a guy who spreads the ball down the field. He's not picking people apart in Madison, Wisconsin. So, and, and Twin Seif has strong hands. I mean, you could see it in a Rose Bowl, like this guy can play against pretty elite competition. So I like that pick. Only pick I didn't like was the running back Huntley. I didn't get it. And the whole like, idea that you're drafting a returner in the fifth round, I didn't like it. You still have Adnew there. And I know Adnew wasn't great last year, but after those three or four games he struggled, he came back pretty, like, strong. Had That's how you day. bounce back, 3-9. College, yeah, that. Yeah, dude. We were in the car. That was yeah. unreal. Shout out Dan Miller. That was unreal. Love Dan Miller. That, I think that was – he had the Eagles, right? Was it the Eagles yeah. game where he returned yeah. a kick for a three. touchdown? Week three, 2 yeah. and one but, like, I, I didn't – I don't get it. Like, it, it, I understand, like, with Swift, you're like, this is a difference maker. Like, this – there's a – unless this guy is, like, wow, this guy can absolutely take the top off the defense and, like, he, he can he can absolutely make a difference out of the backfield maybe on third down. I didn't really get it. I was like, at that point, you might as well go defensive tackle because you just need bodies at this point. Like, it, it, they, this guy doesn't even have to be that good. Just a rotational D-line, and it would be nice to have. And you could still find one of those guys in the fifth round. And they decided to go running back. That was the only pick I didn't really like. But it's a fifth-round pick, so I, I, I'm not going to, like, act like it's the end of the world like some people were. Like, you live in, like, I, I'm not going to judge the pick because they're probably going best player available at that point, even though I don't agree with the fit. Because you've drafted two running backs in the last two drafts, I believe. Is that – I could be wrong. I feel like they drafted two running backs with Ty Johnson and someone else last year. Yeah, they Ty Johnson and uh, – was it just Ty Johnson last year? I don't no, know. I think it was just Ty Johnson last year, but – They drafted carry on the year before. So, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. You You're play. just drafting running back. I don't know. That was the only pick I didn't like. Yeah, I think I think to wrap up those last couple of rounds uh, again, Quintez Cephas, I think is just a good pick for the value as far as where you got him at. We I think we also kind of talked about the Lions are probably going to go receiver as well. He's a big body. He might just be a big slot for. I don't know what they'll do with him. He could play a, just be a big slot guy as well. Um, but uh, from from a tape that I was watching when they were talking about the pick, he makes a lot of nice grabs. Like he goes up he's and gets some balls. Strong hands. He's yeah, good. he does, which is awesome. So that's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I uh, completely agree when they took Jason Huntley because this is again as the draft went on, I'm like, you guys have to actually get an interior D lineman at some point. 
And they addressed that with the last two picks with John Penasini and, and I think it's Jashan Cornell, maybe just not a weird spell of Jason. Um, but either way, uh, the Jason Huntley pick was a head scratcher to me. I obviously they're going to use him in special teams. He did run the fastest 40 of any running back in the combine this year. Uh, so that obviously they might, they must see something in him. And this is, this is a, this is a quintessential pick where you're like, they know more than we do. And you just, I think Trent, you might've been the one that said that. I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe talk to someone else, but as far as the, you'd have to assume that Bob Quinn knows more than you do. So they I'd have to curious. love this guy. They have yeah, to love and, and this And again, guy. I'm sure you'll see him probably returning punts and or kicks. I don't know if you'll see him rolled into the offense at some point too. Um, but again, this got a D plus grade from this schmuck. I hate to, he's probably a nice am I, Stop saying am I cra- Am I crazy to say, I, why would they just like, Give away or get rid of Adnew. Adnew's been good. I don't care like so, what anyone. Anyway. I, I co- dude, completely agree. Pro Bowl in his rookie season as a return man, and then last year he just got not last year, the year before that he just got hurt, and then last yeah. year he was okay and he got a lot better once he got out of his. Yeah, I, I mean, not a lot of people return kickoffs for touchdowns. Not a lot yeah. of people like like he, he's there's something there with Adnew. I don't. I don't. I hope. I hope honestly, like. Ty Johnson, I'm like, sorry. I hope it's like we're going to use this guy as a third down back. And, and then we'll, we'll use my like, kick return, and then Adnew will still return punts. Even though Adnew's not the smartest punt returner, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I like Jamal Adnew, personally. He, he is a little bit of a difference maker. If I can give a little context on Huntley before I move on, I, I hated the pick initially because I wanted a D lineman. Um, but I, I've, I've sort of come around a little bit. He had a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. He actually he had more receiving yards, New Mexico state. Okay. But he actually had more receiving yards than rushing yards last year. And I think that's a good sign because all you're doing, and, and I think I texted you guys, this is you're just loading up that offense for bevel. You know, you're just letting them work. And I say this all the time, but I think it's important. Daryl bevel with a backup quarterback for eight games still had a top 10 passing offense. So I think if you give him the right tools, even if it is running backs who can p- catch passes, there's no telling what he can do with that quarterback if he's healthy, Matt Stafford. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I don't hate the pick. I did initially. Like you guys said, he'll probably return punts and kicks, and, and we'll see if he works his way into the offense. What do you? We're chirping this guy from CBS's grades. What is your guys' overall grade on the draft? For me, I, I, would, ta- I would say like a B-plus. Like, I thought they did a pretty good job here. Not world-changing. If Okuda's really good, then, it, like, in the future. Because I think they got value in the later rounds. And that's how yep. I judge it. I'm not going to give it an A slam dunk because you also took a cornerback with the third pick in the draft, which could go poorly. I, I think Okuda's going to be a pretty good player for them. But I think this draft basically – because I think they found value in the later rounds and they took care of some needs. I think it's going to be based off the fact if Okuda is really good or if he's not. I think that's – but I, in the present, I, I would say B-plus. I liked what they did. I would also say B-plus because I think – but I say that thinking, you know, I think that's as good as the Lions could have done without making moves. I think if the Lions, you know, traded up for Chase Young or something wild, then you can give them yeah. an A. But it's kind of like they found themselves in a position where they're not really able to trade back. You got. You have to take the cornerback third overall, and they did. And like you, you said, I think he'll be a good player. I think every need was addressed. Whether or not you want to debate, you know, where if they did at the right moment, whatnot, take a defensive tackle earlier, all that stuff that can be debated for days. But I just think they addressed every issue. You got some edge rushers. You got some pass rushers. You got some playmakers. 
and all you're doing is re-upping. And, and not that this plays into the Lions' whole deal, but I think the other teams in the NFC North dropped the ball a little bit. I don't know. Biased opinion, but that's just me. I, I, I kind of liked what the Vikings did, but other than that, I, I get what you're saying. I would, I would also go B+. Plus. I had no second thoughts about that grade at all. The only things I would have liked to have seen, uh, again, I think I've said this a couple times, but I would have liked them to address the D-line a little bit sooner. They, they're, this Going back to the grades as far as what's on CBS here, A- minus for John Penasini for the D-lineman from Utah. So I really believe the only two players you probably won't see on the field at all probably this Jashan Cornell might get some time rotationally on the D tackle I don't foresee Logan Stenberg being a starter everyone else I can I can see on the field this year which I think if you can come out of a draft like that and the rest in that many guys are gonna are gonna have a role on the team then you did what you had to do uh, I, I think that uh, you know obviously Okuda is gonna have the biggest I don't want to say Mark on his back as far as trying to see how he pans out, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast of what your team needed, where you were picking and what the other teams around you were doing. It's funny how we all thought coming into this draft, there's no way they were going to stay at three. There's too many reasons for them to move out of it. But at the end of the day, from what it sounds like, they kind of got stuck there. And by stuck, I mean, they didn't really have another trade partner that wanted to make it work. So I I just think I, I could not, I mean, obviously, you could always be happy. Dude, dude, but I'm just glad. Stuff. I'm glad they didn't. The Lions didn't do anything this year. Where I was like, oh my god, like really? Except maybe the running back in the fifth round, and that felt it, good for a change. It would have been so like, I wish they like were the type of organization who could be like, yeah, we're taking Tua. He's never playing it down here. But you're gonna have to like trade for him because we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just have like I wish we were an organization an organization like that, but we're just not. So I, I'll never even like think of that. But I thought they did pretty good this draft. And like you said, I, I only thing I, re- I when I saw them draft Swift originally, I kind of scratched my head, and then I, I, I kind of was like, you know what? That's good value. It's a need on the team. He, he, he's a guy who could possibly be a breakout like guy like year one. Like you never know with a guy who comes from a program like that with a skill set he has. So I, I, I pretty happy with the draft. But all these guys could still suck. That, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. about the the draft is such a crapshoot. It doesn't yeah. matter what we say. They could all but we suck. shall see. We shall see. Uh, before we end the show today, uh, I assume that most people in the sports world have been watching the Last Dance documentary, Michael Jordan, 10-part series, episodes Pretty three good. and four were on Sunday. Pretty good. I enjoy it. I, like, it's I just great. Think it's, it has been well done from many different standpoints. But obviously the last – the two episodes – Last night being Sunday, we're all about the bad boys. And, of course, the Bulls couldn't beat the Pistons. And then once they did that, kind of catapulted Michael Jordan's career. The only reason I think we should talk about it is because there was so much going on on Twitter and all this backlash that's just, like, come back up about the Pistons being dirty and classless and not shaking hands and whatnot. It was grinding my gears. I wanted to, I wanted to start throwing hands via Twitter. I was getting pissed. Dude, dude, think about this. So none of us are alive for, like, any of this. Like, I, I, I shouldn't have an ax to grind. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. And, I, and, like, if I was to go onto Twitter and be, like, defending the bad boys and the guy's like, dude, you weren't even alive? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't care. I, for some reason, I was getting so aggravated. And this is, like the, this is the same reason I don't really like LeBron James because he put a dagger in my heart in 2007 I, and when that happened, that was, like, the most heartbreaking, like, sports event in my entire life. And for those, like, Pistons fans 
for the best player in the world, which they kind of glossed over since the fact that MJ is like has a part in producing this documentary. The fact that MJ kind of trashed the Pistons before they were they swept them. They're basically like they were not great champions. The whole league will be happy once the Pistons basketball is like out of like they kind of glossed over that. And and I wanted to fight Horace Grant. I just wanted to fight Horace Grant. Me too. Like I'm like he gets ripped. Up. He gets ripped next week. I feel like too because whatever because he uh, leaves, he goes to the Magic. Yeah, yeah, he does get ripped. Wait, I, I, I must have missed it. What did he say that that call made him straight you not... up bitches? Yeah, call him straight up oh, bitches for not shaking okay. hands. Okay, I was like, I okay, that. Horace, yeah. after you got owned for like the last two series. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, Horace, like it, it, Pippen or like Jordan can say that, not you, Horace. Yeah, Grant. nice, nice goggles, Horace. Horace Grant was good too. Like Horace Grant was. I'm not saying Horace Grant was like great body, good. good, good body, strong body. He, he looks like a bull. He looks like a bull. Like Thick. his body, like now, he looks like a bull. Like the mascot. He looks you know like what else is funny? <laughs> the, what what I thought you were saying bull. Like like a, a bull. Like bull. A bull that you, <laughs> you like eat cereal bull. He yeah. literally looks like the bull's mascot right now. He has the biggest shoulders I've ever seen. Dude, you know who else looks nothing like they did back then is John Paxson. Dude looks like a completely different guy. He has no hair. Terrible executive. His, his eyebrows are gray. Like everything is completely different. I wouldn't even. I I was. I thought they made a mistake when I first saw it. I was like, that is not John Paxson. But it was. <laughs> they got the wrong guy. Yeah. What, uh, we haven't really talked about the last dance. Like you said, Rebs, I love it. Like I just love all sports documentaries. Like that yeah, are done well. Me too. And they have great footage. The Michael Jordan interviews are awesome because he's, like, candid. And, and like, he, he actually says what is on his mind. Yeah, they're actually getting him to talk, which he never yeah. does. So yeah, awesome. which is awesome, which is, I think, is, like, the highlight of the whole documentary. And, like, the whole, like, Pistons thing, they've, like – I mean, they did the Bad Boys documentary, like, what, like, seven or six years 20, ago? 2014, six years ago. That yeah, was so. six years ago? I know. Yeah, I was in eighth Where grade. Where does the time go? Where does the Whoa. time go? That's a great documentary, but like, yeah, you've heard this discussion rehashed because Isaiah got left off the dream team, and like the walk off mm-hmm. was a big deal, and, and no one really liked the Pistons, and the fact that Jordan basically hated the Pistons and never respected them and talked badly about them, and he was basically the biggest superstar in all of sports kind of, like, hurt the people of Detroit, and they just hated them, which they should have. Like, I, if I lived in Detroit or was alive at that time, I would hate Michael Jordan. I hated Michael Jordan last night talking Yeah, about. dude, that's what my dad – my dad, when I told him, like, hey, turn on ESPN, like, last week when the first aired, he's like, never was a big Jordan guy. I'm like, really? He's like, don't care for him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, it makes sense. I The Isaiah – Oh, dude, I'll tell you what really pissed me off last night on Twitter was all the talk about how Isaiah didn't deserve to be on the Dream Team. That I know. Was I was like, I, dude, I, I, I will. Oh, my God. I, there, there's I'll one thing that really the, chaps my ass about, like, Detroit sports and, like, those outlandish takes. That, oh, that wasn't shit, really dude. That wasn't people from, like, Detroit. And, first of all, it was crazy he wasn't on the team. And I watched a Dream Team documentary, like, last week because I there's nothing else to do. And there's like a five minute segment on that, and it's basically like Jordan was like, "I'm not, I, I'm not going to talk about this." But it was basically like the people at USA Basketball didn't want like 
Isaiah on the team. And he said, I think there was powers above me. And then Pippen said, like, I hated Isaiah. I told him I wouldn't play if he was on the team, which was like Isaiah Thomas was a way better player than Sadie Pippen in that time frame. It's crazy. Like him not being on the dream team, because when you talk about the eighties, like, and people like act like the Pistons like are annoying because they act like they didn't get credit and people feel like they give them credit. I think the one thing that pisses off like the, the Detroit Pistons as a championship team is that the like people like who they beat and stuff don't look at them as one of those teams in the eighties when they were probably the best team in the NBA for four years. Well, yeah, they bridged the gap from the whole Larry magic revolution. To it's not even that It's not even that late in 87. They were probably the best team in the NBA. Oh, they were. And, yeah. They, they definitely should have won that year. And then in 88, they should have won. They whooped the Bulls' ass in 88, too. They didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I don't know. Did look, you guys – uh, go ahead, Trent. Well, I was just going to say, I got to back up for a second. The whole reason I'm a huge LeBron fan, which I am, and I am unapologetic about it, but the reason I am is because I hate Michael Jordan, and I grew up idolizing the bad boys, right? So it's like I want LeBron to be the greatest because I hate Michael Jordan. Bad boys are so cool. Yeah, dude, it's like I got to – that's why I love Dennis Rodman, right? You, He did the dirty work. Never saw him play, obviously, but – you. Watch the highlights. It's unreal. Last night when he was talking about his whole spiel with – and he probably went on for about five minutes. They cut it down into a little 20-second clip. But talking about the way certain guys' shots spin and if it hits the rim right here, it's going this way. Like, that was incredible to listen to him talk about. He's not really making sense to anybody, but he's making sense to himself. But that aside, I thought the Rodman episode was great. As far as Isaiah being off the dream team goes, the the, the people who, like you said, Rabs, are like – yeah, no, he didn't deserve to be on it. Who would you take off? And it's like, how about Chris Mullen? Who, Mullen no disrespect, good, I don't know yeah. a damn thing about Chris Mullen. I know he hey, was come good. on. Isaiah come on. was a better player. And, and I, I know come on. Christian don't disparage, Leighton. don't disparage Chris Mullen, the St. John legend. I okay. love Chris okay, Mullen. Okay, okay, okay. Good for the Big East. Big East basketball, baby. He can star in the Big East 30 for 30. <laughs> he, he can kick rocks on the dream team, bro. I'll, I'll, and, and like I, yeah. Christian Leitner, I, I understand. Weren't there like regulations? And well, it was the first they, NBA. They had to have an amateur. It was the first NBA team, so they thought that the last guy in the bench would be the best college basketball player, which okay, was Leitner. Which makes, that, the controversy that does was makes sense, but Isaiah was better than Leitner, so it's like no. if, you, if you're not required to do that, and that's your excuse, I get it. I understand it because it was a revolutionary time, right? It's the first NBA yeah. constructed champion like olympic team i get it but it just it still isn't fair to be honest i don't really care about isaiah not being on a dream team but it affected people like it it, it like people in detroit then like it obviously upset them because it was just kind of like disparaging his accomplishments and he's probably i was listening to, like i told you guys earlier i was listening to bill simmons and ryan Rosillo talk about this he's got to be first team all like underrated nba like yeah, he's the most most underrated probably guard in NBA history because he was a team first guy and gave away probably six points a game in his prime. So he could set up his other teammates because the Pistons were so perfectly constructed where they could play so many different ways back in 87 to 90. He, he, he took a back seat until the last five minutes of the game. And then he started scoring because he was the best guard on the floor. And he was in, in an era with not great point guards. I'll take this to the grave with me. And this is the last thing I'll say before I turn it over to anyone else who has anything to say about Isaiah or the Dream Team or the, the bad boys, whatever. Isaiah Thomas, 
people people talking about Chris Paul like he's this like and and he's this great passer, right? He's an awesome passer and he's a dog. Okay, he's six feet tall and he just get, Isaiah Thomas averaged 14 assists in a season and like you said, Collins set up his guys for a decade so that they could win. And, and he's criminally underrated. I'll take it to the grave with me that he's the second best point guard ever behind Magic Johnson. I would take him over Steph Curry. Obviously not Disagree, the but... he, he, Think about this. He's a completely better defender, 100%, not even close. I he's didn't watch passer. Isaiah, so I can't even, like, have this conversation. Well, it, that's fair. But I guess what I want to say is it, it goes – and this is way off topic, but it goes to that whole starting five question, like, what would your yeah. starting five be? I always say Isaiah would be my point guard because – I'm going to have a great point guard. He yeah, played the position yeah, he, perfectly. He passes and scores almost 50 50. It's like right there. It's perfect. I don't know. And he plays I'll defense. Say, I'll only say six feet tall. I'll say this. I didn't like the Rodman episode. And it might be the fact that we've seen like Rodman had his own documentary like last year. Yeah. He was at, they had the bad boys then where they talked about his bad story a little bit. Like it was cool to see like the stuff with Carmen Electra and the Vegas like the 48 hours with Jordan basically tell oh, him dude, that was like, so hot. Yeah, she, yeah, she <laughs> talk about aging. Well, talk about dude. aging. Well, dude, people don't talk about how good MTV was in the mid nineties. Shout out that MTV singled out. Have you guys ever watched boy meets world? Yep. Haven't come have on. You ever seen a, have you ever Friends seen too a, young? Have you ever seen the episode where Eric Matthews goes on singled out? No. Don't Great remember episode. it. You should watch haven't it. Watched it no, haven't watched it. It's on years. Disney Plus. Not trying to plug anyone, but fantastic episode. But with Rodman, and I listened to Sim- and Simmons were like, why do people think Rodman's so interesting? I think Rodman's like very fascinating by the fact that like he was so good at basketball and he was like the first like really out there like personality who was just like really good. So people dealt with his antics. But it's like crazy to me when you look at Rodman where it was calculated. Like, I, like he, he was, uh, he's smarter than he leads on to be. Like, where he was doing these things that, like, for monetary gain. Like, oh, yeah. An idiot. Uh, the yeah, he loved in, the fame and the stardom and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, other than that, I mean, Phil Jackson was pretty interesting. I didn't know he coached in, what, Dominican Republic? That was Wherever, wild. yeah, something, Puerto Rico or something. Phil Jackson th- talked about how he did acid. Stuff yeah, like yeah, that. it's wild. This uh, this episode, I and again, as someone who didn't get to grow up with the bad boys, I love Dennis Rodman. I like the way he plays the game, and I always remember just watching highlights, even growing up. I'm a big, I'm the biggest heart hustle attitude guy in the world. Like, okay. Did, him, okay. him. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> what the, What does that mean? I'm the biggest he, heart hustle the, guy. I'm saying that's what I love. I love a guy like Dennis Robin who doesn't have – he's not the star player. That Bulls team – and I know this is, not a, this is not like an outlandish opinion. That Bulls team does not win without Dennis Robin, bottom line. Like, that's, yeah. you need a guy – every team needs a guy like that, dude. No, I get I get that. I well, mean, Robin was good for the Bulls. I, I, I think you could have got – he was like their third best player, obviously. But, like, on the Pistons, he was more – he was just better on the Pistons. It was like yeah. – he was like – he was a better defender. And like lot, he was a really a lot good better defender and just less of a distraction too. Not that he was really a distraction to the Bulls as we kind of saw. Yeah. But I will also say this, nothing upsets me more than these comparisons that Draymond Green is the modern Dennis Rodman. Boils my piss, dude. He's not. He's not even close. Like 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 oh, Being a LeBron I mean, guy, do you hate do you hate Draymond? 
not a Draymond fan. I'm pretty I'm pretty good at so, uh, separating the Draymond at Michigan State and like the Warriors thing because like I love I love them here. Dude, everybody and, hates Draymond and I love it. That's why I love Draymond. Well, I he's great, Draymond. and I will and forever he, be thankful for what he did and everything. It like and I I I'm actually like the opposite. I think he's the most overrated Michigan State player in the last 15 years. Like he was very good at Michigan State, but you go back at his time and you could argue Kalen Lucas was a better player. Than Draymond Green, like you yeah. could, at, you can make that argument, and like in that same time frame, like Draymond Green was a borderline role player on those two Final Four teams. But not talking about that, I love how much people hate Draymond, and whenever he opens up his mouth, he talks about how, like he's just a cockiest person, and he has like no sense of reality. I think it, like the fact that he literally can't shoot a fifteen footer anymore when he basically could not miss at, like that when this Warriors run started. And early on in his career when he was a pretty good jump shooter, like he just stopped like practicing shooting or something or has the yips. I don't know. I love Draymond in that sense of the fact where people always – no one believes any of the arguments with Draymond. Like he's not the modern-day Barkley. He's not the modern-day any of these guys. But people say it. And so just to rile people up, and I love it. And, and Well, it riles me up because Dennis Rodman owned one column of the stat sheet and like – Draymond Green, I I I don't was Draymond. Don't know. A, what was Dennis Rodman ever going to be a Finals MVP? No, but he played with Michael Jordan. Draymond I, I, plays with Draymond plays with the worst clutch well, performer in the history of star players, and that's Steph Curry. Go Trent, look it up, Trent. Do you want to get mad? Yeah, give, give me give me riled up here. If <laughs> if if Draymond and Andrew Bogut don't like that whole thing doesn't happen, LeBron doesn't win a championship in Cleveland. Well, he wins one in 2015 because if Kyrie and Kevin Love are never hurt, he wins that one in probably five games. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, eh, I, mean, I, don't I, don't know, I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You could actually argue that. The Warriors got pretty lucky their first championship with playing guys who were pretty injured. Look, we're not talking about the NBA. We're talking about the last dance and, like, the documentary. I was thinking about this. Like, have you guys watched the Russian Five documentary? Not yet, no. Nope. I was trying to think, like, what, like, Detroit sports – like, this is a pretty sports radio topic that they're probably doing right now on 97.1. I haven't been listening lately. But, like, what one documentary from, like, a team in, like, our era of watching Detroit sports you'd want a documentary on? And I was thinking I, – I, I think the 04 to 08 Pistons would be a pretty good documentary, the going to work Pistons, just, like, in general – like, that was an interesting time. Like, you can do a lot of topics. Don't want to sit straight Eastern Conference Finals. Like, changing of ownership, the Chauncey trade. I think that would be interesting. And the Tigers with, like, Miggy. I think yeah, that, like – triple crown Miggy. Just, like, talking about that team. And, like, the stuff with – like, just Miggy has – JV. Miggy's a wild card. Like, he has yeah. some skeletons in his closet. Like, you, you – like <laughs> – like, as much as I love Miguel Cabrera, not the greatest guy. Like, happy-go-lucky on the field, not a great guy off the field, probably. But other than that, I, I don't I, – do you have any other ones? Um, no. Actually, like, when you said that, I was thinking Tigers, like, the 2013 – 12, the 20, like, maybe 11 to the 2014 Tigers. But I, I to close with the bad boys, dude, I feel like the bad boys are probably the most iconic team in Detroit sports history. Them are the 84 Tigers in terms of just – Everyone knows who these guys are. Everyone knows what they did for the league. I'm talking about, like, Detroit fans, the yeah. fan bases in Detroit. 
they're, they're so appreciated, so beloved. Everyone got behind those guys. I don't know if it was because of the way they played or just because they won back-to-back championships. Like, yeah, that'll do it. But I, I got to say, it's either them or the 84 Tigers, most iconic Detroit team ever. I, I don't know. I think the 97-98 wins – well, yeah, pretty, you guys would know more about that than I would. I guess I'm kind of I mean, the, in that aspect. I, I, think, I think you're right with the bad boys being more – probably the most iconic team but in Detroit sports history because they're more historically, like, relevant in like they, history. They like, had the merch. history – There was merch. They had a logo. It was sick. Yeah, it was yeah. – and, and they were cool. Like, they were, like, they were very, like, a niche, like, Detroit thing that people could, like, get behind and understand. When you think about those wins teams who were – probably just as memorable in the national landscape because just how sheerly like nasty those teams were with all the hall of famers and stuff on can't really relate you're like yep the red ones are like the yankees of the hockey like like that know what i mean though is that that's why i think probably people more lean to the bad boys being like the most beloved team in detroit sports history and i you could argue the Dorn award pistons were just like that just the palace i i i will stand by this the Palace for those eight years, whenever they had that sellout streak, was the hardest ticket Detroit sports has probably ever had. I love the I would, I would agree so much. I that you talk about a documentary, dude. I a good the, one. Dude, the going to work pistons gave me life as a kid, bro. That's like you who loved it. I'll, I'll say this. Top five heartbreaking moment in my entire life. And this not this might be the fact that I've Thank God for good parenting and whatever. I've had a pretty good life. But Chauncey getting traded, I cried my eyes out. I When I came home from school, my dad told me Chauncey got traded. And, like, people would be like, oh, we it got just, It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. When Chauncey got traded, like, thinking about that, like, that hurt. When Big Ben went to the Bulls, I'll never forget when he first yeah. came back. I went to that game, and we booed him. And I was, I was very vigorously booing Big Ben because he went to the Bulls. Like, we're a loser. And, like, his career was kind of over after that. But, like, the donut – like, I just don't think people remember how the longevity of that Pistons team – like, how long it lasted. Yeah. And people just – people, people acted – it was just 04 and 05 where they had yeah. – they went to the finals two times. And I think that would be a pretty good documentary because, it like, there's a lot of interesting things that happened. Like, when Mr. Davidson dies, there's new ownership and, like, there was a lot of controversy. What's going to happen with the team? Stuff like that. I mean, like, the Malice at the Palace, you could do something about, like, I don't know. I, I do think the Malice at the Palace is going to have a documentary eventually. Legendary. Well, is that it? Are we yeah. done? Any other hot takes? Let's get some hot takes out. Steph Curry hot, stinks. Hot takes. That's not true. Diet Mountain Dew is better than regular Mountain Dew. That, is the, uh, that might be the worst take you've ever had. Are you serious? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew is so bad, dude. Mountain Dew in general think, is not great. Mountain Dew is not pop very often. I was just, I was just saying things. I wanted to top, add to the mix. Top three pop, top what? three pops. Just like favorite three pops. You can go soda, like fountain, like you can get it at McDonald's. Like, what are your go-to? Like when you're like, I need pop right now. I don't, dude. I I never crave pop ever. But ever? I, I love I root over? beer. I love root beer. I love like mug. Dude, the root beer debate. Do you guys like Barks root beer? No, horrible. Stinks, I don't like right? root beer that much. That's tough. I also, I will say this. I'm an I IBC root beer since, guy. I haven't had pops since my sophomore year of high school, so I can't. I'm not really. I'm not really credible here. But when I was a little kid, root beer was my favorite pop, and it was always A and W. 
mug is okay, but Barks was just not good. It tastes, it's a completely different taste. It's like spicy. not even the it's same. The spicy yeah. here. It is okay, spicy. Not, I, I always love the IBC with the little, uh, so it's like, it looks like a beer bottle. So I thought it was like a badass. Yeah, that's like a hey. 10-year-old. <laughs> How you yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I'm sophisticated. Even though I didn't even like root beer that much and I was just drinking it to look cool. <laughs> but it, when I think about my top like pop rankings, number one, McDonald's Coke. It's just unbelievable. It's incredible. Number two, Coney Island Coke. Coney Ooh. Island Coke is so elite. They put like triple the syrup they need to in that thing. But it is so good. And number three, Jimmy John's Sprite. Me and my buddies talk about this. You go to Jimmy John's, get Sprite next time. It is unbelievable. For you to have that well thought out of a list, I'm pretty impressed. I'm not surprised, I though. I was I'm a fat surprised. kid. I was a fat yeah, kid. Yeah, kind of sad. <laughs> That's not kinda what I meant. Sad. That's not what I meant. Dude, no, no. I think about food rankings and lists all the time. Me and my buddies are thinking about doing that food podcast. Just talking about food. <laughs> not even about anything. We're just, I can't let just, you do that. That's a horrible look. Just about snacks and just like what would you what would you get at the ice cream, like when the ice cream truck came. Why don't we start a thing? new Let's start a new segment on the Motown Rundown called Collins Cravings. Oh, and at the yeah. end of every show, at the very end, it's always at the end. You just give us a little something like this. Like it's short, like top three pops. Yeah. You just gave it to us. Perfect. I, I, what, so I think Sprite is most underrated pop ever. It is so good. Sprite is so good. Don't drink enough pop, dude. Sorry. Endorsed by LeBron James. There you go. Yeah, dude, LeBron had some great Sprite commercials until like the last couple of years when they got stinky. Yeah, LeBron's had great commercials. I dude, he's a good actor. He's a good actor relative to a lot of athletes. He's very he's funny. You're a big uh, what's the movie with Amy Schumer? Trainwreck. I've actually I actually haven't seen that. (laughs) I just I've seen the parts that he's in. I've seen like the parts he's in, but I haven't seen the whole movie. What I actually want to ask you this. Why do you like I loved LeBron? I actually like love those Cavs teams with Larry Hughes and like Ricky Davis in NBA Live 2004 because I used to play that game for some reason all the time. And I actually had a LeBron jersey. I found that the other day. I was him and a mellow guy. I just like both those because they came. <laughs> okay. All right. And then once I became a Pistons fan, I just like stopped liking him. Even though yeah. he had the cool he had really cool shoes early on. And he had sick commercials. Like his Nike commercials were awesome. Yeah. But I hated I hated him after 07. I don't and I warranted, warranted. He's like a good person. Anyone who thinks LeBron is cool, I think is completely wrong. What do you mean you don't think LeBron's cool? Are we, are we going to extend this for half do this hour? Because we're going to be here for another hour if you start I doing did, this. I just want to say that. This is my hot take before we get off. I'm just saying. I think LeBron's probably one of the best, like, guy at, like, just he's a genuinely good person, like, when you talk about athletes. But, like, anyone who's trying to tell me he's, like, cool – like at like wow, LeBron like LeBron shoes they're sick, bro. I'm like disagree. It's all disagree. I wear. It's all I wear. Disagree, Trey. Here, here's wrong. what I'll say. He I think some, what you're gonna ask is you're gonna ask why I like LeBron. Yeah, I'll that's why I asked. I will answer it in 30 seconds. Anybody who knows me knows that when I played basketball, I was always like, I didn't score. I scored two points all season in eighth grade. I, me, but too. I led the team me too. In, me too. I I led the team in rebounds. We're gonna have to talk about that. I got benched in eighth grade. Never forget. Okay, well, I never played after eighth grade either. But slow counts, heavy feet. So, so yep, what seriously. what it was for me was I hated the guys who just dribble and shoot, whatever. Along come the Warriors. I I didn't love LeBron in Miami. Like I I rooted for him. I did, 
but my, like my brothers will tell you to this day, they they, ex, they expose me all the time because they're like, Trent, you rooted for the Spurs in 2014 when the when the Spurs beat the Heat in the finals, which I did. Bottom line is this: Warriors come along. By the way, LeBron going back to Cleveland was one of the sickest things in sports history. I was like, that is awesome. I I hope this guy gets a championship for his hometown team. Whatever. And then the Warriors come along, and all they do is showboat, front run, they're flashy, all that. I, I'm not big on that. I don't do that. I, I, I never played like that. I never stood LeBron, for that. LeBron's so not LeBron, flashy. I just always wanted to take him. He's not. He's not that flashy. He's not that flashy. Yeah, he is. What are you talking about? He's not that flashy. LeBron is so good. I don't, I don't know. He's not as flashy as MJ. He's not as flashy as Steph. He's not as flashy as Kevin Durant. Well, I, I love Steph. I know Steph, what you're but, saying. He's I love Steph, but – Steph's a loser. Like, I love Steph. Steph's, like, one of my favorite NBA players of all time. He's just, like, factually kind of a weird, like, kind of, like, yeah. not cool at all. Well, I don't know yeah. how we got talking about this. So, that's, that, like, that's I, it. That's I, all it is. I just that's like talking is. to other human beings during this quarantine. It's nice. Well, I enjoy talking to you and, and Rams. But I will say this. My favorite TV show, wow. when people ask me, what's your favorite TV show? It is LeBron James. That's what you say? Yep. Isn't <laughs> that ridiculous? That well, I, a, do say that. a, I do say that. That's a hard I love to watch answer. LeBron. I don't miss the LeBron national televised game. And when I got to college, I get the Lakers team pass. And I watch. I watch LeBron every night. He's every night he's playing. I respect it. I respect it. The people just like go. I just. I'll never get it. I'll never get like my buddies are like this too. They're just, one of like Will, my bet best friend, diehard LeBron fan. He's like, I hate the NBA. All I do is root for LeBron. I don't. He's like, I barely like the Pistons anymore. I'm like, I just don't get that. That's just not how my DNA works. And that's how I just like, I think I started disliking LeBron because I'm a con, I'm a contrarian if you've ever met me. So yeah, we, I, we have, we're aware. Yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up folks. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Motown rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every week. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the Motown Rundown, brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. For all your Michigan State and Detroit sports coverage, visit impact89fm.org sports, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes.